Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real, and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. Heavenly Father, we love you and I praise you. And I thank you for this worship team. I thank you for those who serve and greet people. I thank you for those who serving our kids church right now who's serving our production team right now everyone who served anywhere in our church father bless them and strengthen them lord every family represented here right now every person is new every person online every person who's checking out church those who've been in church one week in 50 years father you see every single one and i pray there'd be manna for each one today i pray there'd be fresh bread for each one i pray there'd be life giving faith today. I pray there'd be vision imparting faith today. I pray there'd be teaching that would illuminate and encourage and inspire and correct God. God, I'm going to speak. Would you do the rest? And so I believe you for the move of God that this church is called to carry. I believe you for souls to be saved continually and always. I believe for disciples to be raised. I believe you for champions to be built. I believe you for leaders to rise in this hour. In Jesus' name I pray. Oh, I pray for presidents and and school boards and government. I pray for them in Jesus' name that there would be blessing and sanity in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. High five three people and tell them you're good looking and people like you. Never, um, I've never turned on a light switch and thought to myself, thank you, Thomas Edison. <laughs> I've, never, I've never thought that. I've never thought regularly about him. And then for some reason I thought about him the last couple of days because I was getting up early in a hotel room. How many know a hotel room with five people is not the will of God? <laughs> I was in Tennessee at a conference. We brought our kids and five people in one hotel room. Especially when you get up earlier than other people. You get up earlier and hotel rooms are so dark, aren't they? They've got the curtain and then they've got the other curtain and then they've got the other curtain. There's like seven curtains. It's like, they're real. And then there's like this tiny little sliver of light. But I get up normally earlier than my family. And, and there's nothing like being in pitch darkness to make you appreciate how important light is. Like... You're just bumbling around and you think you'll be okay, don't you? You think you're like, oh, I can do it in the dark. And then you kick your toe. <laughs> Bash your shin. Just, And then you're trying to be so quiet, you're like... And then whenever I'm trying to be so quiet, I drop everything. So I wake up the whole house as I'm trying to tiptoe around and finally try to get out the door. Hotel rooms have the heaviest, loudest doors. I'm not sure bank safes are as loud as these doors. I close the door, I'm like, my gosh, I woke up everyone on my floor. Just 
Come on, I, I, I have a great appreciation for light because of darkness. Because of the inability for me to see. Have you ever given anyone advice? And then they didn't take it. And later you were like, see, I told you. Didn't you feel good about yourself? <laughs> I'm a sage. I'm like Yoda. Do or not do. There is no trap. I don't know if I got that quite right or the voice or, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Teaching at its very essence, at its very core, sheds light. Someone say, shed the light. Shed the light. On the unknown or unclear, so the listener is made aware of a gap in their knowledge or a blind spot in their life. That's really all what teaching is, isn't it? Teaching on finance or teaching in education fields or teaching in, in statistics. It doesn't matter what the field, there's gaps in your knowledge and there's blind spots many times in your life. And the teacher comes along to give you some gaps in your knowledge or some blind spots in your life. And we all have blind spots, don't we? Yeah. If you're married in here, you know you have blind spots. And then the, your partner's like, yeah. <laughs> we all believe things, don't we? Yeah. You cannot not have belief. And we talked about last week in our start of our series, This Is Our Faith. We talked about a worldview. What is a worldview? It is a set of assumptions which we hold in a conscious, you're aware of it, or an unconscious, you're unaware of it. A way causes us to see the world in a certain light. And this is taught and this is caught. It, it sometimes happens through pain. It sometimes happens through power. How many know that the kids ministry of this church who was praying for a deaf person to hear and now they hear for the first time. How many know their worldview just kind of got rocked a little bit? Yeah. Like their mother and father just went, wait. I, we, we believe in Jesus and we love Jesus and we know Jesus, but, and we've been praying for this. I guarantee they've got some parents who've been praying for that. But a bunch of, I just want to tell you, a bunch of kids yeah. Yeah. prayed. A bunch of kids, like in the kids' ministry, you're not just babysitting kids. If you teach in our kids' ministry, you're actually, kids will teach you something about faith that adults won't teach you. But the worldview affects, just got affected. Your worldview affects everything. It affects how you deal with money. It affects how you think about sex and what you think is appropriate or inappropriate. Your worldview, uh, what happens after I die, that's a worldview. What, what am I meant to do with my life? I, I determine my truth. That's a worldview. Yeah. Wherever we go, we are bringing it. John chapter 20 verse 30, the Apostle John is speaking about Jesus. And here's what his summation, one of his summation statements of why he wrote the book, the book of John. In verse 30, and truly Jesus did many other signs. Someone say many. many. 
He did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Can you imagine for a moment the parents of a two-year-old who'd never heard and then they write to a friend like, hey, my two-year-old never heard. Now he hears and I want to tell you it's because of Jesus. Isn't it funny that that simple statement, my two-year-old heard, gives faith to certain people, but to other people it's almost like we can cerebrally ignore it. Isn't it interesting? I've, I've shared many prayer requests. My wife had a tumor in early parts of our marriage and she was meant to take a medicine for, for like nine months and, and the doctor was like, you're not coming back for nine months and, and then she was fine like three weeks later. And the doctor was like, I, I, I. my wife was like, well, Jesus healed me. And literally the doctor was like, <laughs> isn't it amazing that you can be in front of facts, but not see it. You're in front of it, but not see it. Why? How is it possible that you can be in front of truth, but ignore it? It's possible because for some reason you love something else more than the truth. What actually happens in our soul, and you see this all over. I could tell you about a woman who came in our church and her back, she couldn't walk more than 15 steps. She wouldn't, until she'd sit down and be in massive pain and my wife prayed for her, didn't know anything about the situation and literally her back was healed that moment, that day and her, her name was Mary and she was this beautiful African-American woman that became, her mother was a pastor, she lived in Harlem and she became the intercessor of our church and then wherever she would go, she would walk just to prove people. What? When you can't walk and you get your walk back, how I many you know you appreciate walking? How many hate walking sometimes? Like, oh my gosh. If I've ever been with my kids, you go to a mall, daddy, hold me. Daddy, hold me. I'm tired. But what's weird is if I ran around the mall like nine times with them, they'd be fine. I don't understand that. Why could we run around the mall nine times with kids, but if we walk like a hundred steps, they're like, this is tiring. I think it's because walking's boring. We're not going quick enough. Can we go faster? And the reason I say that is you get a new appreciation for walking when you can't walk. You get a new appreciation for hearing when you can't hear. You get a new appreciation for your job when you lost your job, didn't you? Some of you have been in your job too long. You need to lose your job just so you can find a new job. You're like, Lord gave me the job. Six months later, I hate my boss. You're meant to pray for your boss. Anyway, this is good preaching. Not a lot of this is in my notes. We'll see how the 11 a.m. goes. Christianity is centered on Jesus. Around Jesus. Like, thank you, Anthony, for the illumination. Wow. 
I came to church today to learn that. The question is, is your life? Theology and practology must meet. What you believe and what you live has to come together. Otherwise, you don't really believe it. That's why Jesus is wanting you and me always to be growing in the knowledge of Him and growing in the application of Him and moving forward and become more loving and more forgiving and more kind. And how many know that's not the easy bit? John 1 verse 1, this is the Amplified, it's just louder. It's longer too. The woman wrote the Amplified. It's true. <clears throat> Don't hate the messenger. Just delivering the mail. John 1 verse 1, in the beginning... Before all time was the Word, Christ. And the Word was with God. Someone say, with God. With God. And the Word was God. Someone say, was God. Was God. Verse 2, he was co, co oh, sorry, he was continually existing in the beginning, co-eternally with God. All things were made and came into existence through him. And without him, not even one thing was made. Get that in your spirit. Without him, you would not be here. Without Him, the world is not here. Without Him, this is how big Jesus is. Without Him, there is nothing. Without Him, not even one thing was made that has come into being. And in Him, someone say in Him, was life and the power to bestow life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines on in the darkness and the darkness did not understand it. It did not overpower it or appropriate it or absorb it. And it is unreceptive to it. There came a man commissioned and sent from God whose name was John. This man came as a witness to testify about the light. Someone say the light. The light. So that all men might believe in Christ, the light through him. John, he was not the light but came to testify about the light. There it was, verse 9, the true light, the genuine, perfect, steadfast light, which coming into the world enlightens everyone. Last week, we began to unpack that Jesus, though he's known as a teacher and though he's known as a miracle worker, it is far deeper than that. And a lot of people miss this, that Jesus is God. And, and you might be like, Andy, I've known that for 30 years or 40 years, but let me just continue to establish and help your faith. And let me just clarify for some of you, and maybe you're early in the faith and, and this has not just been made clear to you or been taught to you because how many know the word gives us light? Yeah. If it gives us light, it then exposes darkness, therefore it exposes lies. Yeah. Because every other major religion in the world normally identifies Jesus as something lesser than what I'm saying today. Yeah. Uh, the Islam faith says Jesus is, was a prophet. Uh, the Mormon religion is a son of God. But it is the essence and wonder of Christianity to say, no, he's not just a God, he, he's God himself. John is like, he's God. And this is why Thomas said to him, John 20, 28, my Lord and my 
God. Jesus is God. Jesus is life and Jesus is light. John 8 says this, once more Jesus addressed the crowd and he said, I am, say this with me, I am am the light of the world. world. He who follows, say he who follows. Let me give you another definition of believing, following. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Then the Pharisees told him, you are testifying on your own behalf. Your testimony is not valid. This scripture is interesting because when Jesus says, I'm the light, they didn't love it. Can you imagine being Jesus' publicist? Uh, Jesus, they didn't like that one. Uh, Say you're an enlightened one, that you bring light, that you're like some teacher that gives some light, make it more palatable for everyone so the crowds come and when they come they, they hear some but they leave inspired and they can find the light in themselves. Oh look, oh, I walked away from Jesus then I just began to feel like I was enlightened. And then I became the enlightened one. You'll always notice that someone's starting to follow a fake Jesus because they become too big. They become too big instead of making Jesus big. In John 9... Verse 5, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Just in case the publicist wasn't clear. (laughs) Giving guidance through my word and works. When he said this, he spat on the ground, made mud with his saliva, and he spread the mud like an ointment on the man's eyes. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went away, washed, came back seeing. No cataract surgery. No doctors, no nurses, no little anything, no glasses. Steve, can I have your glasses for a second? Don't know if you can see anymore. <laughs> N- no, no prescription. Come in here, sir. I'll take a copay from you and I'll make you see better. Mud. Throw it in his eyes. Go wash in a pool called scent. Come back. Sing. I'm the light of the world, don't believe me, how about I just heal someone's eyes? I'm the light of the world, don't believe me, I'll just make people see who've never seen. Have you ever put mud in your eyes? Just just a thought, have you ever put mud in your eyes? I mean, no, that doesn't make you see better, that makes you see worse. Have you ever got a little something in your eye, like a speck in your eye? You, you're walking around like this. You're like, what's wrong? Like, I got something in my eye. And he puts mud in the eyes and comes back seeing. And then are the Pharisees like, woo, this guy sees. No, they're like, let's kill him. Why? Because they love the darkness more than they did the light. See, sometimes the truth is when God does something in someone's life and you hear about it, 
The challenge is sometimes we don't believe it because we would have to change something. And the Pharisees would have had to change everything because they were in powerful positions. And haven't you noticed that sometimes when you're in a powerful position, you don't want to lose your position. And so you, you, it actually can cause you to become blind to the truth. Are you with me? Have you ever, have you ever met someone who's like super athletic and flexible? Recently, I was, um, we're at someone's house, actually my house, and, um, and this person did like a, a, a thing, cartwheel, there you go. Like, and I can do a cartwheel, that's cool. But then they did cartwheel, another cartwheel, and then they did backflip and it just landed. And I was like, how do you do that? And it's kind of like, because I'm athletic and flexible. I'm fairly athletic. I'm not flexible. My wife will tell you, he gets hurt all the time. My body just like breaks for no reason. I'll reach for a can of beans. Oh. Why did my lap? You ever, you ever been with someone that can really sing? You're there like, <laughs> like there's something wrong with you. And they just like, no, no. And you literally go, how'd you do that? Because like, because I'm a singer. Well, you've been there with someone and your desk's a mess and they mess and they come in, they just organize stuff in like four minutes. And that was a mess for six months. And they're like, I'm an organizer. I'm athletic. I'm flexible. I'm a singer. I'm an organizer. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. And then he heals someone's eyes. And you're like, how do you do that? Because I am light. And they're sitting around going, how do you do that? Because I'm light. In John 10, he says, I'm the resurrection and I'm the life. John 11, how do I prove it? Wait till someone's dead, really dead, four days dead. Don't go in there with machines, no, no oxygen mask. Actually, just be gangster. Stand outside a tomb. Don't even go in. Hey, Lazarus. Come out. And you're like, how do you do that? Because I'm life. I'm life. And I'm life. How do you take a little boy's lunch and feed 5,000 people? No, no. No flour, no eggs, no mixing. And you just say, bless it. And you break it and you give it to people. Cause he's like, cause I'm life. I'm God I'm in the flesh. I'm the way, I'm the truth. I'm the lie. Yeah. 
Whoever follows me, though he dies, yet shall he live. John 10, 28, I give them eternal life. How do you give what you do not have? If you came up to me and said, Pastor Andy, can I have a pair of shoes? Got you. I can give you one. You're like, can I have 10 pairs of socks? No. I need to go to the shop. I don't know what happened to them. I used to have a lot. But the sock thief hangs out of my dryer. Steals my socks. What? Are we going to find in heaven one day where all the socks went? Lord! Was that his cheeky little angel? Not Gabriel, not Michael, but just this cheeky one the Lord made. It's like, I was just messing with you guys. John 10, 28, I, I give them what? Eternal life. Eternal life. I give them life and I give them light and I give them word. Come unto me, all you who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I give you rest because I hold rest. Yes. I give you eternal life because I have life. I am eternal life. How do you give someone eternal life? How do you give that? You can't give it unless you have it. This is why Jesus messes with people. This is why Jesus is so much bigger than sometimes what we have made him. Because if I believe this and I grew in this and I kept growing in this, you know the longer I've been a Christian, the bigger Jesus is. Like I believed in Jesus years ago and I believe in him and I'm just like, and then over time he's gotten bigger. How's he gotten bigger? It's not because he grew. It's just because I got closer and I kept seeing and I abided in his word and his word sets us free and his word gives us life and it gives us light. Are you with me, church? Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine. This is a Jewish audience who knew the Old Testament. And he's saying, if you hear my words and you hear them and you put them into practice. Even in Matthew chapter 7, he's basically saying, I'm on the same thing is God you can't see it right now because here's what's interesting about Jesus he doesn't come in and turn the light all the way up you ever use the dimmer and you don't turn it all the way up when you first wake up I did this morning I was like oh no I need a little bit a little bit a little bit that's why Jesus over time he reveals him first as teacher then healer then deliverer and he's turning on the light a little bit more a little bit more are you with me church matthew 24 verse 35 heaven and earth will pass away but my words will not pass away how in the world do you say these are just words 
My words, they're going to pass away. Your words, they're going to pass away. Even if you're famous, someone might know your words a hundred years from now. He says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. In case Matthew got it wrong, let's see what Mark says. Heaven and earth will pass away. Chapter 13, verse 31. But my words will not pass away. Mark must have just copied Matthew. What did Luke say? He's a doctor. He's a smart guy. Heaven and earth will pass away. Luke 21, verse 33. But my words will not pass away. Let me just give some clarity to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. Are you okay with that? God the Father. Let me just give you a couple of attributes of God the Father. The Trinity is not the easiest thing to understand. But you're a body, and you have a soul, and you have a spirit. You are triune. The sun is triune in many ways. The sun is the physical part of the sun and light is sent to the earth and then you and I both see the light and the heat. It is this triune almost part. It isn't the greatest illustration, but perhaps it's the best illustration I can give you. God is one. Someone say God is one. God is one. Scripture says that over and over again. The Lord is one, but He is expressed in three distinct persons, Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Jesus reveals both the Father, He reveals Himself, and He reveals the Spirit. When Jesus was teaching on earth, He he reveals the Father through the writing of the text of the Bible as all-powerful. Someone say all-powerful. All-knowing. Someone say all-knowing. All-loving. All-holy. This is God the Father. Why do I teach something so simple? Why do I teach... Something so simple, because if you don't know the simple things of the faith, how many know that you can be misled very easily? There's a mother God religion, right? And people will come up to you, hey, have you heard of the mother God? And you're like, no, I haven't heard. Oh, God's actually your mother. You're like, that's not what Jesus said. In the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God makes man and woman to reflect His image But somehow people got offended that God wasn't a a woman, but He's not a woman. In the nature and character of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is all the attributes of both womanhood and manhood. Why? Because it's made in His image. People are I don't like that. I think God's a woman. You didn't come back from the dead. You listen to too many people that didn't know what they were doing. You didn't put dirt in blind eyes and let them see. You didn't say to lame people, I've got some stilts for you. No, get up. This got up. You didn't touch lepers and they were healed in a moment. You didn't give power and authority to disciples that changed the world. So we have to stop getting offended at Jesus and start listening to Him. God the Son. God the Son. He is both the Son of God and God the Son. He's the light of the world. 
He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In the Old Testament, it was all about sacrifice. These animals that would keep on coming. Every, every Jewish person knew, you bring an animal to God and, and, and you slay the animal and that blood would atone for you for that next year. And it would be a sufficient sacrifice because God is holy and God is loving and the holiness of God requires sacrifice. But when John the Baptist saw Jesus, he looks at Jesus and says that. That's the lamb. That's the eternal lamb. That's the one-time lamb. That's the getting rid of all the other lambs, all the other goats, all the other cows. That's why we don't sacrifice to God. Why? One time, one sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice. The lamb of God, the resurrection and the life. Do you know that all of Jesus' teachings are useless if He doesn't come back from the dead? All of them. Because He is not who He says He is. Time and time again, He says to His disciples, Hey guys, I'm, uh, I'm going to go. They can kill me. Don't worry, I'll be back. So if you're not back, you've got some problems, haven't you? If I walked in that room and then said, I'd come back, and I didn't come back, you're like, what's wrong with Pastor Anthony? He said he'd be back. And he didn't come back. I thought it was a nice church. I should go somewhere else. Because he said he'd come back and he didn't come back. Are you with me? He's the King of Kings. Let me just quickly teach just for a moment on the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit. The Scripture speaks of Him as the Spirit of life. If you're following Jesus and you have no life, say, Holy Spirit, help me. He's the Spirit of truth. My goodness, He's the Spirit of truth. He is the Spirit of truth. He is the Spirit of truth. Make your own truth. No, the Spirit of truth. You can identify as whatever you want to identify, spirit of truth. Who's pushing that agenda? People that don't like God. People that hate God. Someone say the spirit of truth. In Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus begins to unpack so many different things. One of the things He unpacks is... What's a good tree and what's a bad tree? And then he says, and you shall know them by their fruit. So the spirit of truth enables me to look at people who say they're Christian, but do the exact opposite all the time and go, that's a bad apple. The spirit of truth is so important. The spirit of might and power. Your Christian life, how many know you need this? The spirit of might and the spirit of power. God has not lost His power. Perhaps He's lost people who are committed. He's known as the counsellor. 
How many thank God that the Holy Spirit counsels? And He's called the Holy Spirit. And I just want to point that out for a moment. He's the Holy Spirit because He's not an unholy spirit. I know that's simple. Oh, thank you. He's called the Holy Spirit because He's not an unholy spirit because it just feels like time and time again, people are like saying, I'm a Christian, I'm a Catholic, I'm this, I'm that. And there's no growing in holiness ever. Actually, there's the rejecting of holiness. There's the rejecting of what God says is marriage. There's the rejecting of God's standards. There's the rejecting of the simplicity of gender. There's the rejecting of that. And you've got to say, wow, that's not the Spirit of God. Why is it so important to, to look and see truth? Because that helps you see error. And the truth is the Word isn't just to be read. The Word is to be experienced. Someone say this with me. The Word isn't just to be read. So you can't disconnect the Word, the written Word from the eternal Word. If you disconnect the written Word from the eternal Word, Sometimes you become a Pharisee or you just, it doesn't change you. But if we combine, that's just why worship is so important because you're actually applying the person of Jesus to the written Word of Jesus and now you get Jesus in the presence of us. Is this making sense? Holy Spirit, help me. Take moments like this and seal them, I pray. Every eye closed. Jesus, I ask you. Jesus, I ask you. Take the truth of your word and seal it in minds and seal it in hearts and establish people's faith on your truth. Help them see what they need to see. Help them live how they need to live. Help us do what we're called to do. I pray for every marriage and family here right now in Jesus' Name. I pray for every young mind, those in their teen years right now. I lift them up to You and I pray for them. There's so much surrounding them, so much noise around their lives. I pray that You would just call them to Yourself, Lord. I pray that You'd establish them and teach them. I pray that you would use this teaching and help it shepherd people into your house and into your truth and away from false sheep and false wolves. Oh, I ask you, Jesus, to move in this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Just an attitude of prayer, an attitude of worship. Would you pray this simple prayer? Say, Lord Jesus, Apply your word to my mind, to my heart. Help me see you 
through the noise. Help me follow you in all my ways. Help me establish my life on your truth. Thank you, Jesus. all across this place. Maybe some of you here today and you've, you've kind of started to believe in a fake Jesus, to be honest. A fake Jesus that Jesus is just kind and just loving and just compassionate, but He's not holy. And somehow that's messed with you and Maybe believe in the kind of Jesus that everyone goes to heaven. Just want to tell you today, that's not the real Jesus. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away. Our houses, our clothes, our cars, they'll, they'll pass away. This generation will pass away. He says, but His words will never pass away. He says, I am the light of the world. And He says, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Whoever believes in me, that one will become a child of God. I told you a miracle story. A little boy had never heard children pray for him and he heard and maybe in this place what position are you hanging on to that would cause you to fail to believe that so all across this place maybe you've never said yes to the king and I believe he knocks at the door of your heart and says, son, daughter, I died for you. I made you. I love you. Can I come in and clean the mess? Can I come in and restore? Can I come in and be Lord? All across this place, with eyes closed. If you need to do business with God, if you need to pray and say, Pastor Anthony, I need to pray and ask Jesus to be my Lord, my Lord, my boss. Then I would be so honored to lead you in a simple prayer and that prayer will lead you to Him. Come on, as a church family, can we pray this together? Say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me so much to tell me the truth to die on a cross to pay the price for my sin I believe you are the son of God and God the son change my life forever forgive my sin from this day on I confess you my Lord with eyes closed all across this place, if you prayed that prayer today and you're saying, Pastor Anthony, I'm becoming a Christian today. I'm coming back to God today. 
all across this place. Would you quickly raise your hand and raise it up high all across this place. Thank you. Thank you. Those in the back there, those in the middle there. That's awesome today. Hands up. Long enough, high enough for me to see it. Thank you.